Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, real conversations with actionable insights into what consumers want and why. I'm your host, Andrew Davidson, based in New York. And in this episode, I'll be continuing my conversation with Brian Benway and Jan Urbanek about ChatGPT and the broader topic of AI. In the last episode, we talked about how and why ChatGPT has been brewing up a storm. Now, we're going to dive deeper into the implications for brands, both now and in the future. All right, so let, let's uh, talk about implications for brands, um, and let's break that out. Last year, we had an interesting, really interesting episode on the metaverse where we broke out the implications into sort of short-term, medium-term, and then long-term implications. And so let's think about it in that way. So with short-term being sort of zero to two years, medium-term sort of two to five years, and then longer-term going beyond that. And, you know, until Microsoft announced that it would incorporate ChatGPT into Bing, I think I was thinking that this was quite a, had a long-term sort of horizon in terms of development. But in my mind, rightly or wrongly, that, um, d- that time frame uh, has shrunk or been reduced. What do you think are the short-term implications? You know, for example, and we've been talking about some of this already, you know, but what should brands be doing right now about it? What are some of the examples of brands embracing this technology right now? Uh, So from the video game perspective, um, Roblox just announced that they would be doing generative AI in the Roblox platform. Um, We've we've seen a lot of stuff going on. I think in the near term, one thing that everybody is going to have to kind of keep in mind is, you know, our, our parents taught us not to believe everything that we see on TV and AI is going to make that doubly so for everything that you read on the internet, you know, the, the potential of, of deep fakes and what it can be used for are already being explored. And you, you can go on TikTok right now and see videos of, you know, president Biden, President Trump, President Obama, and President Clinton all playing Minecraft together, and it sounds like those presidents. And it's over Minecraft video. the The power of deep fakes is going to be so immediate, and the the potential for it is is insane. You know, we could have movie stars and actors lend their voices to AI and functionally become immortal. You know, they could be doing movies for until the end of time, but AI and deep fakes could also be very dangerous. You know, there's, there's just so much and it's very hard to speculate um, where this could go when the potential is so amazing and also so, I don't want to say dangerous, but kind of dangerous. Yeah, definitely. If we talk about what brands should do as of today, I think the first thing they should keep in mind is um, they should be aware of all the limitations that we outlined earlier, that when using these AIs, um, they can produce biased output, they can produce factually wrong output. So no matter how you use it, you need to be aware of these limitations. Um, But speaking of how you can use it, obviously, when we talk about ChatGPT, most of the immediate use cases won't be necessarily fully consumer-facing in the sense that consumers would necessarily engage with ChatGPT. But obviously, you can use 
these text-to-text generative AIs to, for example, assist your employees, um, making it easier for them to come up with emails, assisting their process when they come up with, for example, text for your website, for example. And I think that is a very immediate use case that would be fairly Mm -hmm. easy to implement if you are aware of the limitations, having said that. But obviously, as as Brian already mentioned, um, these text-to-image generative AI, such as Dolly, also had hold very, very significant, significant uh, utilities, especially if you talk about um, companies in the media sector. I mean, the major German media company, RTL, for example, has already been exploring how they can use Dolly. For example, they are trying out how Dolly can come up with very customized uh, thumbnails for their podcast. So they would use the metadata and the Dolly would basically automatically create create a thumbnail that reflects the topic of this podcast. And you could even spin this further and think about, yeah, well, if you have an audiobook, generative AI could then be used to simply turn it into like a picture book because you have like scenes displayed as images, for example. But beyond that, it's also a great tool for inspirational purposes, for example. Um, the brand Mattel, for example, the toy company, they're also exploring the use of AI, for example, to come up with new designs for Hot Wheel cars. I know people in the video game industry are already starting to use AI to help them con- do concept work for the video games that they're producing. Um, and it's it's a powerful tool for that. But there have been controversies about how these art generative AIs are gathering their data to to train themselves on. Um, ArtStation, DeviantArt have all had user user controversies about allowing these AIs to scrape their art data. Um, initially, they were just scraping the entire website. Now you have to opt in and allow it to to look at your art. But how much how much data did these AIs get before that? Um, the output of AI, who the question about who owns it and who who should benefit from it. Um, the the legal controversies there. We we barely even scratched the surface. So while I while I think there are so many use cases immediately that brands and advertisers can can start exploring they have to do it with a grain of salt that there there will be legal uh legal issues coming from the use of ai i i foresee it in the very near future about ownership and who who gets to benefit do do the AI companies owe royalties to people that they train their AI on, you know? Um, and going back to John's mention about transparency and the way that this is trained, that's going to be, that's going to be a big thing in the future. Uh, knowing how this AI was trained and being able to say like, yes, we trained this AI by letting it read every episode script of of Seinfeld so that it could output Seinfeld content. Well, okay, do you now does that AI now owe the the writers of Seinfeld mm. royalties? You know? How how does that work? Um there's there's so many use cases for AI. You can just sit and speculate, but there are also so many so many considerations before businesses really start trying to trying to own 
the output of AI without significant human oversight of it. So going back to my previous point that, yeah, immediate uh, immediate opinions are, are cheap now, but that human expert touch is still very much required. Do you, do you think um, that, you know, the fact that, you know, ChatGPT has exploded onto the scene and we're all talking about it, has that accelerated, do you think, uh, companies' plans for AI or the relevance or the importance of AI in their roadmaps going forward? I think probably, yeah. There's There's a lot of buzz behind it and you know we're all exposed to to the buzz and the hype and we see it and we hear it we hear people talking about it and that's how things that's how things grow yeah you know so yeah i i do think that the buzz around ai is is definitely causing brands to to stop and think about it they and they should they really should because you know you don't want to be caught on the back foot you know absolutely you don't be the the one brand who didn't look into it and now you're losing out half of your profits because oh gucci has an ai altering their designs every week and they're staying fresh and you're not you know so so let's talk about me i mean it's hard obviously it's difficult to put a time frame around these sorts of things but medium term sort of implications say two to five years so you know i don't know what how we'll be talking about this in two years time maybe the buzz will have died down a bit where, where will we be two to five years out would you say so i think if we want to predict what is going to happen i think it is valuable to look at what happened over the past few years because everything points to a future where ai is becoming increasingly capable and that there are much more companies that develop and utilize ai Um, for example if we take a look at the last couple of years it's like the the research like scientific papers released on the topic of ai really experienced a surge over the last years Equally, um, AI patents filed really, really saw a surge over the last years. And private investment in the sector also saw huge, huge increases. So everything points really towards a future where AI is becoming much more diverse in its utility and much more. there will be much more competition also on the market. And speaking, also addressing the, the limitations that we see today. I think that is also an important part that we should expect to see over the next few years, as we mentioned, biases. As I said, OpenAI is very open about how they address these biases, and um, we can assume that they are increasingly dealt with. Also, potentially, that there is factually wrong output. That could be also something that is increasingly dealt with. And as Brian rightfully said, copyright is also a huge issue, especially with these image AI generative tools. There are currently a few lawsuits going on and nobody really knows how that's going to work out because some argue for copyright violations, some argue against it. But I think we will find a solution that that will work over the next few years, arguably, and that will make it much more more safe for brands to use the output of AI. And um, that will also bring bring significantly more opportunities here. I think with... The way that technology has been progressing, you know, we've the the com- the computational power of of computers and the devices that we use, they've been progressively doubling almost every year since the advent of the transistor. And every time the 
they get more powerful, they've also been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But we're actually very quickly coming up to a point where transistors can no longer get smaller because you start hitting into uh, what's called quantum tunneling, where the electricity that's going through a transistor is bleeding from one end to another end. And because it's too small, the pathways aren't wide enough for, for everything to go through. So we, unless we can figure out how to solve that problem, the technology that we use today isn't, isn't going to continue rapidly advancing in the same ways. But I think AI and cloud computing may provide an alternative way for technology to continue growing in ways that we don't quite know how to anticipate yet, but it may allow us to continue developing technology really rapidly the way that we have been for years. It's still, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to anticipate what we don't know could happen from this. But I do think that AI within the next five years will become a, a very core component of, of everyday life. Mm. An intriguing, intriguing fact here, by the way, and an intriguing thought. Um, big tech companies like NVIDIA who produce the chips that then are used to run AI, they have over the past few years been increasingly using AI to aid the development of so said chips. So by using AI and assisting or giving it as a tool to the developers, it can reduce the time it takes to come up with a new chip design. And in some ways, AI can even produce chips slightly better than humans can. For example, they can, in some cases, design them more energy efficient or give them a much more smaller design. So while we... We have to be aware that hardware is only one component of AI progression. Um, you can put it that way and think of it in a way that AI basically, to a certain extent, accelerates its own development. And yeah, think about that. That's that's true. That that brings up a scary case, though, of you know the robots building better robots. And you know, I've played enough video games. I've watched enough sci-fi movies to know how that turns out. <laughs> well, that, yes. Well, that that's a nice segue actually to this. You know, to, to, to ask you then to to you know you've touched on it here, but talking about the future, so looking beyond five years, um, you both hinted at it, hinted at it. You know, where do you think this is heading? And, and before you answer, I want to share a quote from Sam Altman, the co-founder and CEO of OpenAI, who said recently in an interview about ChatGPT, and I quote, uh, he said, I think the best case is so good that it's hard to imagine. I think the worst case is lights out for all of us, which is a pretty scary sounding quote. What is your your take on the future? As I say, you've t you both touched on it a little bit, but uh, you know, where's all this heading? I, I kind of wish ChatGPT was programmed with the three laws of robotics built in from, from the get-go, you know, don't harm people, don't allow people to be harmed, <laughs> don't allow from your inaction people to be harmed. Um, that would make me feel a lot better, um, at least initially. I'm sure as it was being written, no one, no one assumed like, oh, we're going to give ChatGPT a gun. Yeah, no, that's, that's clearly not part of it right now. But you know how technology works the the easiest and most available solution even if it was considered temporary strangely enough has a way of becoming permanent so i would really like to see some more safeguards 
put into this kind of technology to protect us from ourselves. And, you know, people are going to do things with this that can't really be can't really be anticipated or expected, but we should be considering the potential. I mean, we've, we've been talking about robots taking over the world for at least a hundred years. You know, we, we need to, we need to consider it <laughs> at least at a, at least at this early, early stage in AI development. It may sound very sci-fi like, and oftentimes these really dystopian scenarios refer to something like the technological singularity hypothesis, which basically says it's it's a very very interesting um, thought experiment. Um, it basically says at some point artificial intelligence will become much more intelligent than humans, and then it will be able to develop its own machines that will then make AI even more powerful. And this will basically lead to explosion in technological development, which, if you put it in a yeah, and put it that way, might lead to the extinction of humanity, basically. And that is this very end game thought experiment, basically. But great, great thinkers such as Stephen Hawkins certainly acknowledged it, uh, its risk and um, that it is mm. a possible outcome. But this looks way ahead. Some even argue, well, before that could happen. We went extinct anyways because we destroyed the planet or nuked ourselves. So um, it is a super, super long endgame scenario. So I think, but still, I think um, AI really has these, as Brian mentioned, really lingering risks and really lingering threats that are much more, much more graspable and um, much likely to occur in the much nearer future. Just thinking about what Brian said about deepfakes, for example. I mean, talking about misinformation, steering public perception, or even if you if you want to name it atrocity propaganda, are certainly established tools in in politics and even warfare. And now, if you have AI available that can produce videos that aren't distinguishable from from something real, and you can potentially depict foreign soldiers doing horrible war crimes, and utilizing it in a clever way i think there is so potential so potential uh so much harm that could be done and you might even argue well if it's fake and it can't be proven how much harm can it can it have but unfortunately that doesn't work with humans because i mean the entire issue with misinformation is based on that i think humans sometimes are way too accepting of a potential version of the truth that somewhat matches their already existing predisposition. And that is certainly an issue here with, with generative AI. So the, the potential harm and the threat is, is, yeah, it's immediate, I think. I think the, uh, the phrase, a lie travels around the world before the truth even puts its shoes on. Um, yeah, that's, that's the danger of deep fakes and AI. You know, you could you could make the president say anything i've seen you know ai deepfakes of biden playing minecraft and you know talking about no scoping i don't think president biden has ever said no scoping or or any of these other gen z uh zoomer video game terms but an, an ai deepfake can make him say it and make him say it convincingly with his inflection and it it could be used for a lot of 
scary things. You know? it, what if it's terrifying? It, it, yeah. it got really, yeah. it got really dark here. So we might want to take a look at the at the positives. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we. I wasn't expecting it to quite get so dark, but you've certainly uh, clarified uh, Sam Altman's you know second half of his quote that it's you know the worst case that it's lights out for all of us. What about the the positive side of that though that he's talked about that said in the best case is so good that it's hard to imagine. Potentially AI can do so much good and the way i like to think about it is its impact on science in one way you could even imagine how chat gpt can impact the the day-to-day job of a researcher because in many many cases what does the day-to-day job of a scientific researcher look like you have to scan through lots of publication lots of scientific journals you have to make sense of it you need to identify gaps in the research and then come up with the research design and all of that takes substantial amounts of time and i think chat gpt could significantly shrink that amount of time and even if chat gpt because of its limitation doesn't work in its current state you might develop um a ChatGPT-like version that is very much specialized on understanding scientific stuff and coming up with scientific research designs. So that is only one way AI could really accelerate our scientific output. But even in more specific ways, AI is already used in genomic research for drug discovery. So there are lots of medical use cases. And if you assume that AI will continue to progress even further, I think it is really plausible to assume that we will see a substantial increase in uh, the rate at which we discover scientific things. And that could potentially, in the best case, if you if you added advances with G- genome editing, gene editing to it, um, that could potentially, in the very, very best case, be the end to all human diseases. Absolutely. The, the potential for AI. While I am worried about its misuse, I have been using AI for a good long while. I'm very excited about it, uh, potentially, from the way that it could shape the world. The things that we could do with entertainment alone are, are crazy. I, I kind of hinted at the, the Seinfeld bit but there was a ai generated seinfeld show that was running for a few weeks on twitch um and it was it was actually funny it was ai driven ai animated and it was kind of funny and it was amazing because it was on 24 7 and the potential for that is infinite seinfeld i mean the video game aspect of that could i could i play with that could i get in there and interact with those characters and have them responding to me for for the rest of my life could i have my own private instanced version of seinfeld where i go and i play games with you know not kramer and not not jerry and (laughs) you know talk talk to the ai and have it respond to me and my actions in an entirely different way than anyone else is getting the game to work for them you know the the implications of that are just amazing i think it's gonna it's a it's not even a billion dollar it's a trillion dollar industry we're on the verge of it's gonna be huge absolutely but but depending on how you want to put it um you could see it as a positive or a negative because already today we don't have content that is generated and customized to your personal interests and what you're really looking for but still it is so intriguing that that people really feel that like things like tiktok can be addictive and they they 
say they want to try to detach from their smartphones, but they oftentimes struggle to do so. So imagining a world where like entire movies or entire video games really cater to what you're looking for, making like the movie star look like your, your crush, for example. I'm, I'm not too sure if, if humans are, are strong enough to, to resist um, this compelling um, yeah, entertainment at all times. There was an episode of Star Trek where one of the characters got addicted to the holodeck and kind of explored that, you know, like what what would that be like if you could exist in your own perfectly generated fantasy world that's customized to your exact specifications and response to you? Very, very compelling. Why would you want to leave that? Good question. All right. So my final question for you Um who are the winners and losers as a result of the you know development of this technology and i'm going to push you and obviously this is potentially broad but i want to push you to give me perhaps one winner and one loser each could be a company it could be a an industry what do you think i think speaking broadly we're all this is a, a potentially revolutionary technology it's a a massive disruptor to the status quo. We're all going to win a little bit. We're all going to potentially lose a little bit. We might lose a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, I think it's it's going to be very disruptive. And so it's hard to specifically point at somebody or a brand or individual, a group of individuals and say that you're going to win, you're going to lose. But I think, if I had to pick, I think that brands are going to find a lot of value in adopting AI. It's going they're going to find uses. The more they explore how they can use it, the more they're going to find that they can that they can benefit from it. As far as who's going to lose out, I I predict a scenario where human workers have to revolt against an AI boss and People don't like working for their bosses currently, but your human boss is empathetic and rational and can be reasoned with, and you can you can feel that that human connection. That's not going to be there when your boss is an AI telling you what to do. It's just going to tell you in no uncertain terms, do this or you're fired. Those are those people who are put in that position are going to be the losers. Yeah, if I had to pick a winner, um, the tricky bit is that currently we just don't know how and which AI company will basically dominate because there are so many, many AI competitors that will pop up on the market. Currently, of course, OpenAI is a winner here, but we don't know how long this is going to last because it is very likely that other AI companies might even develop even more capable AIs going forward. But what unites all of these AI companies is that they they require the processing power. They require the chips to run these AIs. And that's why I would pick my winner, winner in the the chip, the chip makers, basically companies mm. such as Nvidia, because there will be this growing demand for their chips, and um, no matter how it how it is then used in which form, you definitely require the processing power. Speaking of a loser, I think the utility is so pronounced, and we can ex- expect such more development in that regard that I would say everyone who fails to recognize the potential of AI at this point could be seen as a loser um but yeah 
Well, yeah, thank you both. This has been a, a truly amazing conversation. We've really sort of tackled this and some covered it from some, some interesting angles. If I so I, if I was to give like three sort of big broad takeaways, um, and there's so much really that we could that I could say, but I think number one, you know, the idea that this technology has so much potential for both good and for both bad and how you know you spoke on the one hand about curing diseases and on the other hand we got pretty dark in this conversation at certain points so we don't know how it's going to unfold i kind of go back to the idea that when you know google invented its search engine they didn't know that it was going to be an advertising business they didn't know that they were going to be generating revenue from from advertising so we don't know how this is going to play out number one I think number two, I think the fact that it's really come into the media and it's become such a, a buzz, uh, it's, there's so much buzz around it right now, it's becoming a much more visible presence um, in the media. And I think it's going to be a much more visible presence uh, from brands and in advertising as they realize that there is this potential to talk about it um, and it has a, you know, plays out as a the competitive advantage. And then number three, I think, you know, and you both spoke about this really about things like safeguards and the issues around the legal aspects of this. But it's the importance of understanding, you know, where AI is being used, um, along with its shortcomings. You know, this issue of transparency. You know, and, and understanding. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? Is the information correct, or is it not? And I think you know some of these like missteps by companies like um, like, like Google have really brought that to the to the forefront early on. You know, it's important to be very clear, certainly with consumers, in terms of what um, is right and wrong when it comes to this technology. All right, so thank you both. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, the conversation doesn't end here. Head over to Mintel's LinkedIn and Instagram. Let us know what you think about artificial intelligence or any of the topics we talk about on the podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to know more about Mintel, visit Mintel.com and sign up to become a member of the free Mintel Spotlight community. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time for a new episode of Little Conversation. Little Conversation.